Pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello, you are listening to the podcast version of this week's One Life Left radio show. I'm Simon Byron. I am Steve Curran. And who's that with us? How do you handle this, Simon, in the podcast edition? Because it doesn't make any sense. We let Sam speak. Sam! I'm Sam. Hello. Thank you. Thank you, thank you for joining us as a super special guest. Spoiler uh, warning. Spoiler warning, should have said. No, you are right, Steve. Um, yeah, that was our first uh, guest um, where, using this new recording system. Now, I've seen some chat on the Discord where some people are grumbling that they've uh, about the beer adverts that they've been getting and how difficult it is to cancel a trial subscription <laughs> to a beer service. Here's some advice. Don't. Uh, they send you beer um but you know all that lovely uh spot corporate sponsorship that we're enjoying um i I, like i say i do believe we got paid eight pounds uh in october um it's going towards providing you the listener with this high quality service which allows us to bring guests in uh how do we all feel that went then sam stee sam first well i think considering you've not had a guest on for a while I'm honoured that I was the first person to be allowed back on. I'm going to take it in that. Not that I approached you and said, why don't you have me on? I'm taking this as a a real win. So thank you for that. You absolutely should. I thought it was excellent. Really, really good to have uh, a guest again and again to have the best guest uh, again. It's, it's, It's super, super fun to have another voice on the show. Uh, yes. And uh, yeah, the tech worked as well. So broadly, uh, I do think that there were moments where uh, we talked over each other a little bit. And I'm sorry, that was probably me. There was a bit of delay, I think. Uh, so listeners, do watch out for that. We should explain that Sam uh, is from Yuki, uh, which is the trade association for the games industry. Um, we've just finished the hour-long uh, radio show, which goes out on Resonance. Now that, Sam, is subject to... Uh, legal broadcast uh, <laughs> requirements. There are certain things that we can and can't do during that hour-long segment. However, now you're free from those confines. So uh, is there anything that you'd like to say that you couldn't get off your chest due to broadcast law? Uh, no. Is there anything you can say? Anything secrets? No, Come of course on. not. I, well, I know lots of secrets, but they wouldn't be secrets if I told you. <laughs> so uh, no, in, my, in my days of visiting studios, as I do all the time, get to see some amazing things but i simply can't tell you about them just yet i'm afraid Such what was tease, the eh? man from the un really like oh sam barry he's amazing absolutely amazing i mean i don't know what it's your not... impression is of the un and whether they're going to be well you tell me what what's your impression when you hear un what are you thinking hmm 
What am I thinking? I'm thinking that if you work at the UN, you probably get to look at your life with a certain degree of satisfaction that you've achieved something and that other people recognise that you've achieved something as well. Uh, and, you know, can any of us really say that? It's got to be serious, this, isn't it? What I'm trying to say is, Sam, what was he really like? Because someone like that, <laughs> they've got to be happy with their lot. But we... And also, he's he's unlikely to listen to this podcast. He's, so... he's not going to. All right, so Sam Barrett is a warm, friendly, lovely individual <sighs> who's trying to make a difference, encouraging games companies to consider the environment. You cannot knock a man for that. It's amazing. It's brilliant work he's doing. But what can we knock him for? That's what we're trying to find out. That's what we're trying to drill into. <laughs> Give us something to knock. Well, he hasn't come I, on the show, has um, he? Let's be honest. He needs to come on the show. That's very the answer. True. Very true. Okay, then, Sam, here's your opportunity now. So you say that you're carrying a lot of secrets around with you. Can you say something that only you and the other people that know the secret would know mm. and recognise that we can now come we can come back to in a year's time or two years' time when the secret is revealed and you go, well, that's what I was talking about. Just some uh, sort of coded message. You're always looking for world exclusives on the show, aren't you? I would, um, yeah. I would go and check out the game being made by Absolutely Games in Guildford. I'd go and have a look at that. That is a stunning product. Okay. When you say, do you know what? Do you, do you know what, Sam? I've seen that game. Have Steve you? Hasn't. Oh, well I done. So when you say check it out, like what is the best vantage point? How can we see inside Absolutely Games without them knowing? They have enormous windows on the outside. So if you appoint yourself in the building opposite with a telescope, I think you'll be able to see what's going on. Or alternatively, ring them up and just ask if you can come and have a look at it. I'm sure they'd be delighted to let you in. Maybe we can get them on the show, Simon. Maybe we could. I like Sam's what Sam said there, actually, because I think you've said a couple of things which are uh, to do with the game or could be to do with the game. <laughs> it's all got a bit better now. Right. Thank you. Uh, Sam, it's your last. So uh, we're off the radio now. Is there any, are there any swear words that you need to get off your chest? I didn't feel compelled to swear at all during that. No, no. Even when my mum sent me a message saying, where are you? We have a family call. And she was messaging me. And my phone beeped. Yeah, mummy's mm. harassing me. Where are you? She says I'm late for my call. Yeah. Well, <laughs> fast forward. So uh, <laughs> uh, I'm very grateful for your proactiveness in being a guest this week. Uh, fast forward a week now. I think we're going to have your mum on. Oh, <laughs> uh, we could. We, what we could do is just pre-record the Collins family call every Sunday. Perfect. Yeah, uh, but unfortunately, that's not coming in this in this hour. Uh, it's the usual one life there. But with Sam Collins, uh, who's a brilliant guest, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you for listening. Here's the show. Hello, good evening and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We are the greatest video game radio show in the world, or at least the longest running. And my name is Steve Curran. Hello, I'm Simon Byron. 
Simon, how are you? I'm all right, Steve. I uh, realised on the walk up to the shed that as I left my back door and traipsed through the garden, that was the first time I'd left the house today. <laughs> Is that good or bad? I mean, I hadn't realised until that point. I've been indoors all day. Mm. Been a, it started off uh, watching the cricket this morning. I've watched a lot of football. I've played a few video games. I made a roast. Uh, uh, we were watching Annie together before we recorded the show. Um, although my daughter got a little bit go- bored of that and started to uh, play a game called Giggle Face, uh, which was fun. But yeah, so there we go. I've had a few gulps of fresh air today. That sounds what like about you? excellent day. Well, Simon, um, I... I got left alone in the house as my uh, partner took my daughter to street dance uh, in in the morning, and I got given two chores to do. Okay, fix the toaster and repair the ducting above the uh, above the boiler. D- d- does she not know you? <laughs> Have no, you become a man all of a sudden? I know. I know. How how long do you think that would take? A normal person, and how long do you think it would take me? What was wrong with the toaster? Just wasn't working, Simon. It's a it's a double toaster, four slots, and only two Lardy of them were working. Dark. I know. Okay, two of them were working. So, and she just to... said fix. She just said fix the toaster. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, jammed a, I jammed a knife around inside exactly. it. Like... Threw it into a bath. <laughs> <laughs> where um, did you start then? Well, no, no. First, how long do you think it would take me? Uh, two days. Two days, I know, I know. So brilliantly, um, brilliantly. Uh, so I, I here's what I did: turned it upside down, rattled it around, found loads of crumbs inside there, turned it the right way up, tried it, and it worked. Oh, Job that, done. Uh, seen that sort of thing on the repair shop? <laughs> no, the craftsmanship that went into yeah. it. Bang, bang, bang. That was good. Um, duct, ducting. How long do you think it'd take me? Another two days. Fix the ducting. What is ducting? It's that, yeah, I don't want to bamboozle you with technical terms, but it's that stuff that comes from the boiler, the pipe. Oh, the The, stuff. You've got to fix the stuff. You've got to fix the stuff. (laughs) Um, Anyway, took the the cupboard, the the sort of door to the cupboard off, uh, went in there, got the bit, put it with the other bit and the other bit, uh, put a bit of tape on it, put it back, job done. I reckon about seven or eight minutes in total, did you have your top on or off it was while you're doing this? Very much on. Uh, and <laughs> what was beautiful about this, and I can say this because my partner doesn't listen to the show and yours yeah. does, yeah, uh, is that I did not let on that this was a you know seven-minute job in total at best uh, and instead got to spend a glorious one and a half hours playing FIFA World Cup mode, oh, which we will lovely. talk about later in the review section. Well, are you going to? Um, well, first of all, did you welcome her back with some hot toast and some ducking? <laughs> Four <laughs> slices. <laughs> exactly. No, they're all the same temperature. Couldn't have done that without my hard work. Right. And then, secondly, are you going to break them again when you want some FIFA time? <laughs> exactly. Just well placed raisin, Simon. That's all it takes. Oh, um, congratulations. Thank That's you. Wonderful. Thank you. So, it's been a productive morning. Good. Well, you would have thought with that sort of inane drivel at the start of the show that we were filling because it's just us two again. You'd be wrong, dear <gasps> listener. You'd be wrong. What? Uh, for, yep. Uh, it's the return of a super special guest 
We've got the superest, specialist, guestiest uh, of them all. Um, welcome back to the show, Sam Collins, Head of Commercial and Membership at Yuki. Hello. I thought you were building up to say Charles Cecil was here. <laughs> I mean, you got me. Yeah. Well, I felt a bit sorry for you. There was there was a slight plea in your voice last week, wasn't there? For there really was a on. plea. Am I allowed um, to say that? Well, you know, I mean, how much more... How much, more audio flirting could I do with you? It was you that I wanted to respond. We yeah, haven't had well, a guest for a, for a, since Dominic Diamond, uh, and that's when was that? That was a year ago, wasn't it? And that wasn't really a guest, was it? That was more splicing in Dominic's bit. You're on the show. I feel loved. I was here two years ago because I, um, if you remember, we talked about Christmas quizzes and the fact that I we hadn't did, prepared yeah. one. Yeah, and I haven't prepared one today either because oh, we're not for... in December yet. So okay. let's get that out of the way. I've seen the adverts on the telly, though, Sam. Surely that's time to start compiling. Yeah, it might be in progress, but it's not ready yet. So, yeah, maybe I'll send some questions in to you in a couple of weeks so you can uh, ask each other those. Fantastic. Not just a guest, but a content provider as well. (laughs) Simon, you've done excellent work this week (laughs) by answering Sam's email. (laughs) (laughs) I'll have to say, I mean, you know, that... That is that is a triumph these days. Uh, um, yeah, I've got an awful lot going on, and I'm, uh, yeah, there are a lot of people I need to get back to. Sam's not one of them because he's here. So we will talk to Sam after the news section and during the news section, one assumes, as well. We also have letters coming up later in the show, verified letters I've checked this week. Uh, we have reviews as well. I have played more than FIFA, Simon. Uh, we'll come to that. Another big hitter this week. And uh, we've got a news section. I haven't done much research for the news. Have you? I've got your back, Steve. Perfect. Here is the news. Seven oh seven, seven oh eight, something like that, on a Monday evening on Resonance FM. I'm Simon Byron, and here is the news. Uh, Oculus Creator makes virtual reality headset that intentionally kills people. Palmer Lucky, the creator of Oculus, has created a virtual reality headset that intentionally kills people. Named Nerve Gear, the system aims to closely tie people's virtual life to the real one by bringing them both to an end at the same time. If someone dies in a virtual reality game or experience whilst wearing the headset, then they will be killed in real life at the same time, Mr. Lucky said. It does so by detecting the specific shade of red that shows when a person dies, meaning that developers could easily integrate the system. Once the red shows, three explosive modules explode, and this is in quotes, instantly destroying the brain of the user. Mr. Lucky said that the system is still unfinished. He aims to make it... He aims to make it impossible to remove or destroy the headset so that people would be stuck inside virtual reality. Because of the limitations of the design and the danger that it could fail and kill people at the wrong time, he is still yet to try it out himself, he said in a blog announcing the new system. Mr Lucky said that while the technology at the moment is just a piece of office art intended to be thought-provoking about game design, but he also said it seems to be the first time such a system has been created and, again in quotes, it won't be the last. Uh, that story was to be independent and, and was passed to me by listener and um, partner, uh, my wife. Thanks, Kate, for passing that on. Uh, how do you feel about that? It's, I... not April, it's not April the 1st. 
I feel terrible. I feel terrible that uh, that this has happened. I feel terrible that the press has bought into it by reporting it us as well. I feel terrible that uh, that Palmer Lucky is involved because generally I feel terrible about thinking about him at all. Um, I also feel terrible about the implications. I think I read a report about this that talks about how the technology that's being used, or at least the access to the small rounds of explosives that destroy your brain when you know a certain shade of red is displayed in the game which again is not something i would entirely trust developers to do correctly like uh, you know i don't know fireworks go off to celebrate something and for one frame the wrong color of confetti flies in front of the camera and oops that's the end um yeah uh, apparently the the technology comes from other companies that he's involved with because a believe i may be wrong about this but he sidestepped towards uh military uh interactivity and and hardware after uh leaving oculus so yeah none of none of this new story is feel good at all is it Simon? apologies steve uh sam would you would you welcome palmer lucky into yuki with that sort of sort of credentials well if he applied to join we'd have to verify check out uh, <laughs> the organization meets the requirements um yeah it's a bit desperate you know we all lose brain cells when we get older anyway maybe it's just accelerating that process maybe we shouldn't worry too much about it it definitely is accelerating that progress simon is there a game that you would back yourself uh in wearing this headset what a game that i can fin it that i will never die in okay yeah a game that a game that someone says all right simon you can have 100 pounds but you have to wear this headset now i'm interested i know I was yeah. thinking, what is the number, the lowest number it's, I could get away with? It's that. It is that. £100. <laughs> £100. Yeah. You're gambling your life inside this game. Which game would it be? Well. God, can't say I mean, sensible I mean, soccer. No, I, can't, I mean, it would add it would add um, some wouldn't even it? more tension to the final round of Marvel Snap, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, what's our time to Marvel Snap this week? 12 minutes. There we go. There we go. There we go. Let's move on to new story two. Twitter users are using the platform's new Elon Musk era changes to impersonate official video game companies. For a small fee, anyone can now pay up and receive a blue Twitter verified tick next to their name. So of course, people are handing over their $8 specifically in order to trick others online. A verified Nintendo of America account went viral last night as it posted an image of the company's mascot Mario giving the middle finger. The handle at Nintendo Nintendoofus has now had their account suspended, but not until their tweets have been widely shared. A verified Rockstar Games account claimed the company would formally unveil Grand Theft Auto 6 next week. A verified Valve account last night announced that Half-Life Maker's next competitive platform named Ricochet Neon Prime in a tweet which received thousands of likes. A verified Twitch account also announced changes to the platform's much-discussed subscription model in a tweet from last night, which is currently still live, presumably because the account explains in its bio that it's a parody. We've heard you. After a lot of feedback from ambassadors and partners, the sub-split will be changing from December. Twitch's, uh, Twitter's rapid changes to how it displays verified accounts have caused widespread confusion. Yesterday, the company rolled out a separate official tag for ver- certain verified accounts, only for it to be ditched just hours later by Elon Musk himself, as, as he decided he didn't like it after all. 
that was from Eurogamer. Thank you, uh, Tom Phillips, who wrote the story on uh, the 10th of November. So it's already out of date because I believe Twitter has suspended the verification process. But what a lot of fun everybody had. Um, isn't it, isn't thing- it? It's been so much fun. Like, ironically, uh, if this is the, the descent and the final few days of Twitter, Twitter is good again. Like, everyone's enjoying it, apart from the brands. And no one wants the brands to be enjoying Twitter. The problem is the brands support Twitter as a free platform. So it's not sustainable. But wow, it was fun. I saw this post, this Mario post. Uh, the perfect the perfect thing is that name, right? Ninten- Nintendo of US turns out oh, to be sorry, Ninten- right. yeah, Nintendoofus. Yeah. Um, and I, I saw the screenshot afterwards that was going around, which was, you know, someone, someone quite hurt replying to it going mario would never do that frowny face and nintendo <laughs> well, now, of america nintendoofus replying well he did <laughs> i'm afraid mario's been drinking perfect. <laughs> absolutely perfect did any of you see uh the roblox uh tweet Mm-mm. we are now adding sex to roblox <laughs> <laughs> Sam, uh, Sam, are you are you are you verified? Is Yuki verified? What's going on with your Twitter account? Uh, I am. Uh, this sounds like fun, actually. This sounds like a, a real hoot. Something I could have done <laughs> if only I had any interest in Twitter whatsoever. I, I'm one of those people that tweets infrequently. I only tweet tweet about boring Yuki stuff. But I do have about a thousand followers. But I've only sent twenty tweets in my life, or something ridiculous. It's one of those stupid ratios. I'm not the person. To they must be I thirsty for it. more content. Well, I mean, if there's yes. just get twenty just tweets, retweet stuff. I'm waiting I'm for the re- next one. Well, Yuki's do, got quite a few followers, of, but um, I don't know. I don't know. You should have done. You should have capitalised on the uh, on the uh, fun and done one of, of Joe with her finger up. <laughs> yeah, but that's a daily occurrence in the office. So exactly. Know, easy to get a picture of. Uh, no editing required. You, so yeah, it's all chaos. I mean, you know, I've I've still not moved over to Mastodon uh, or what have you. Um, uh, but uh, people do describe these as the last days of Twitter. Do we do we do we think it's going to fold or not? I don't think it will. I think that there'll be this period of chaos. I think at some point, they'll, I, I I don't know. I think it's possible that there'll be a, uh, a sort of reorg of management. Elon Musk will step away. Uh, there'll be someone calmer who takes control of it. It reverts to where it is because there are fundamentally hundreds of millions of people. And what we're watching right now is him or the current board discover moderation in real time. So trying this thing that has been tried before and then you see why it doesn't work and all of these these things uh, unfolding before us. So, I yeah, I don't think Twitter's going anywhere. What I know is, and I think I mentioned this last time, that while I like co-host, um, presumably that's not going to work out because that's the one where I got the right name on uh, everything else. I haven't moved to, and I am a good indication of uh, which social media platform is going to bomb. So, don't know. Someone did suggest we should set up a One Life Left Mastodon instance, and I thought, well, that means they haven't listened to the show. And our confusion about Mastodon last week. Yes, uh, yeah. I think we'll stay where we are for the time being. 
EA has predicted that Argentina will win the 2022 FIFA World Cup using the dedicated World Cup rankings and a newly released World Cup kickoff and tournament modes in FIFA 23. EA has come to the conclusion that Argentina will win the trophy for the first time since 1986. According to EA's predictions, Argentina will meet Brazil in the final after beating France in the semis. Doesn't sound like the final will be a memorable one, though, with the final score being 1-0. EA also claims that Lionel Messi will win the Golden Boot with eight goals scored across all seven games. And will also pick up the Golden Ball for being the best player at the tournament. Such predictions would be considered trivial were it not for the fact that EA has accurately predicted the last three World Cup winners. 2018, the publisher correctly identified that France would win the tournament, whilst in 2014, it declared that Germany would win, which it promptly did. Uh, it also correctly guessed in 2010 that Spain would win the World Cup for the first time in its history. Uh, elsewhere in the Ace 2022 prediction, England only gets as far as the round of 16 before being beaten 3-1 by the Netherlands. United States make it to the quarterfinals in EA simulation, eventually bowing out to a 1-0 defeat by France. So there we go. World Cup spoiled for you, uh, everybody. Well, not spoiled because I knocked Argentina out 4-1 in the quarters. They were knocked uh, out by Stockport County. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know wow. what? I was going to talk about this in the reviews, but I've been finding FIFA quite difficult on professional mode. Uh, but it turns out it's much easier if you play as England than if you play as Stockport <laughs> for some reason. I thought. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, but I, I knocked Argentina out 4-1 in the quarters and then beat France 3-2 after extra time in the semis. Haven't played the final yet, but I'm against up against Brazil. Um, so we'll see. Interesting. Well, let me tell you, Steve, that um, the bookies disagree with EA at the moment. They think Brazil are favourites to win at four to one, with Argentina uh, eleven to two. Now, given that we know who wins the World Cup, this is going to be a very lucrative time for us, isn't it? How much <laughs> money have we got in the old One Life Left bank account? Because I mean, I haven't I haven't looked into whether there's a guarantee from EA on this, but presumably. Mm. Uh, we would be covered in some form by them if uh, Argentina don't win the World Cup and we put all of our money on it. FIFA is it's very does feel very very accurate when you're playing it at the upper levels versus <laughs> languishing in the Papa John's Trophy as I have been doing before. Uh, you yeah, the players do look like the players and the stadiums look <laughs> like the stadiums and everything. So wow. I no reason to suspect that the results will not be 100% accurate from this prediction. And you're right, we should bet our One Life Left house on it. Are you looking forward to the World Cup, Sam? Yeah, I just wonder how much is in the bank account. You've told how much it costs to run this show each month, and you've just given 100 to Simon. I mean, there <laughs> can't be much left. Can um, you bet debt? I don't know. I don't is know. That is that what, yeah. Maybe you can claim yeah. video games tax relief for it, and there might be something you can claim there. Um yeah, I love football. I've really got the, um, yeah, this is going out publicly, but I've got all the fixtures in my diary, so I'm trying to not book meetings when any of the games are on, just in case I might want to go and watch them, as you can imagine. Um, Argentina have uh, Alexis McAllister in the centre of midfield, the best midfield player in the world, so I think they probably are going to win. Um, does it predict fantasy players? I always do a little fantasy team. Can EA drill down into individual player stats? Because that might be quite useful. Well, I'm sure they're listening. Uh, I would have thought, and, and actually, well, the next show goes out the second day uh, of the World Cup after England's first game at one o'clock on the Monday. I've got the day off. Uh, so, um, yeah, well, hopefully we'll be able to update everybody in the next show. 
Are you surprised me there, Steve? <laughs> Street Fighter 6 is adding a new dynamic control scheme which allows players to button mash and have AI pull off moves for them. That's according to a new interview published by Game Informer which reveals the third control scheme is being planned in addition to classic and the previously re revealed modern controls. The latter was revealed alongside SF6 earlier this year as a means of allowing less experienced players to pull off special moves more easily by using simplified button inputs. The new dynamic control scheme introduces another layer of accessibility by allowing players to mash buttons and have the game's AI determine which moves to pull off based on various factors, Capcom claims. In a normal fighting game, when they mash buttons, they just do a lot of whiffs, director Takeyuki Nakayama told Games Industry. We want something important and something that makes a difference happen by randomly pressing buttons. According to... Oh, sorry, Game Informer, not Games Industry. Um, according to the publication, dynamic controls work by allowing AI to decide dynamically which attack to perform as the player presses face buttons based on their character's current position and situation. If a character is far away, pushing the face button might throw a projectile, while... while that same button might pull off a combo in an up-close encounter, G.I. wrote, adding that players using this control scheme will still be able to manually move their character and perform parries. However, unlike the modern and classic control schemes, which Capcom says have been balanced to work well against each other, dynamic controls will be limited to local play. That is a story from VideoGamesChronicle.com, posted by Andy Robinson. I mean, this sounds like a right mess, doesn't it? <laughs> That's where I started when I was thinking about this. I mean, I know that they've experimented with stuff like this before. You assign, for example, a special move to a button instead and allow people to pull off the spectacular stuff. The joy of a special move is that execution. Like, right, it's pulling off a quarter circle in a punch or a dragon punch or whatever else you want to do. And the feel uh, of mastery that comes from that, something that you can't do every time, but this time you've executed, and even better, you've executed at the right time and you've won a fight because of that. That's the joy of Street Fighter. However, we're both fans, right, Simon, of Mario Kart's uh, child mode, which at a basic level just allows a kid to sit there and feel like they're playing that game without actually performing any of the skill-based inputs. And you can turn that up pretty high so they're doing almost nothing. So this is kind of the equivalent, isn't it, But for Street Fighter? Yeah, but you know, uh, that's what that's what people who don't know how to play the game are doing anyway, aren't they? But not successfully, not in a way that can. You you've talked before how you know. I'm not saying your daughter has beaten you with those that moment. She's come seventh out of eight, right? You're never going to win a fight in Street Fighter by just randomly mashing buttons, or are you? <laughs> But whenever I play, so we don't play Street Fighter. Actually, we play Marvel versus Capcom uh, when we play on the uh, on the odd arcade cabinet. Uh -huh. She's mashing the buttons anyway, and I just let her win. Now, am I am I still going to be able to do that when she's suddenly very good? Uh, well, I'm I suppose that's I'm the issue, right? Her. I'm going to have to beat her. <laughs> so this is uh, this is going to be a shame for my daughter. Yeah, uh, because, there are yeah, definitely I definitely fighting games. I think the sort of random button mashing thing can be a valid. Uh, attack plan, right? When you're playing someone of a certain level, certainly like when I play Tekken or whatever game that I barely know how to play, I will probably lose to someone who's mashing buttons because I'm not good enough. But yeah, it's... I don't know. I, I quite like the idea of allowing people into games who previously haven't been able to do it, even if they're not getting the full joy of 
the experience. Who's best at Street Fighter in UK, Sam? Uh, Colm Seeley. He is sensational at Street Fighter. Okay. Lives, breathes it, wears the T-shirt, tells us about it all the time. I've not been brave enough to play him. Um, many, many years ago, I used to work uh, for Virgin Interactive, and we used to publish Street Fighter games. And I thought I was quite good at them. I had to go out and demo them to retailers, and so I thought I was decent. I got my um, backside handed to me on many occasions when I played someone mm. that was good. And so I retreated from the fray a little bit. Maybe this helps people that aren't that good to be competitive in a game, which is not such a bad thing. Oh, it's because the Virgin did the, the console versions. Did they do the SNES and the, um, and the Mega Drive versions? Were those Mega all, Drive and then did... into console versions as well, yeah. You, yeah. Weren't you doing some PR for the... us at the time? No, I, I was, but prior to that, um, uh, no, I was just trying to think because it was US Gold that published the computer versions, uh, which I remember because I was on an Amiga magazine at the time and it came on eight discs and you had to swap discs oh. every time you changed a character. So uh, playing Street Fighter just because like, it, took, <laughs> it took hours to get past it. So maybe just having a button you can push to win makes sense. Uh, Steve, that's it for the news stories. All right. Thanks, Simon. One life left, video game news with Anne Scantleberry. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi, my name is Alison Lower Cohen and I'm a game designer. What's your new game this week? So, there is the jokes. The jokes. Okay, what do you do in the jokes? It has chickens going back to the libraries, so... um. Is the jokes based on a joke? Yes. What's the joke? Tell me the joke first. Um, chicken goes to the library. Okay, the chicken goes to the library. What happens when the chicken goes to the library? It says, book, 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 book. And what happens next? It goes back a second later and goes, book, 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 book. Okay, and then? Book, 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 book. And what happens after that? Goes down to the river and gave it to the frog and goes, wet it, wet it. 
I'm finished. That's the joke. Okay, so I think I understand the joke now. Um, what happens in the game? Um, we have to do what the joke does. Right, I see. So you're the chicken. So I'm the chicken, and I go running around to get books from the library. I see. So you're the chicken, and you go into the library, and you say... Book, 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 book. Every time you press a button on the controller, you say... Book, 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 book. And when you say that, the librarian gives you... A book. Right. And what do you do with the books? Um, give it to the frog, and it says, read it, read it. Got you. So in the game, you're a chicken, you run around, you go to the library, you press the button, you go book, book, the librarian gives you a book, you take it to the frog, the frog says... Read it, read it. And then you get a point. Yeah. Is there anything the player can do in the game that is bad? No. No, you can only win in the game. We can only win. When will the game be finished? June. June. And how much will the game cost? Five. Five what? Five pounds. Perfect. What would you give the game out of ten? Seven out of ten. Is that the end of your design? Yes. Okay, do you want to say goodbye to everyone? Bye. Dad, what should we do now I finish my radio? That's Alice again with her third design. Uh, I've recorded three more pieces of content today. Oh, Steve, she's won, hasn't she? She's uh, won games. So far, she. I did try and, uh, on your suggestion, get her to describe Sega's mega game because uh, I <laughs> was interested for some insight into what Sega might be doing right now. So she's thinking on that. So we might have a special in a few weeks' time and she can blow that thing wide open. Good job, Alice. Simon, for the first time in I don't know how long, I think it's time for the guest section. Do we have a guest jingle? We don't. It's a guest. (laughs) (laughs) Sam Collins, thank you for coming on the show. So how are you doing? Well, I'm glad you didn't ask me to sing my own intro jingle that would be nice, wouldn't it yeah. I, I came very very, well. very close to it I came well, yeah, very yeah, close I bet. to asking yeah. voice of an angel <laughs> you know well so last time you were on a couple of years ago uh, we were all we were all still remote weren't we hmm. um, I was uh, yeah I think I, I, I wasn't in the shed at that time so that was before the shed um, how have things been since we spoke to you last are you are you, are you back in the office how's the, how's the well the UK doing? office is open but I'm not in the office. We uh, we have allowed our staff to work remotely, but we do meet up quite regularly in the office for catch-ups. You know, like all businesses need to do, you need to get those uh, those teams together discussing all the plans and get creative together. So we go in um, sporadically, I think it's safe to say, but my job is mainly going out and seeing companies anyway. So uh, I'm still doing that if they'll have me. Still do some meetings outside, but that's lovely and pleasant all the same. I think it's safe to say most games companies uh, are back now, though, aren't they? Predominantly. Yes. Um, it's, it's, well, yeah, I think this sort of hybrid uh, mix of, of, of home and office seems to be fitting most people. When we were waiting for the show to start, uh, did I? You guys were chatting. Did you? Did you see each other in the office this week? Have you been having separate meetings? <laughs> no, I. My company, which is a purely remote company, uh, needs a space in London to have its you know, semi-regular catch-ups. And so our space of choice is the UK office, which is where I was last week. And actually, 
Sam emailed while I was in his office to say that, Ooh. you know, to suggest he comes on the show. And I was like, oh, I was so excited. I was like, Sam, I'm here. What? You're not here. It's quite exciting. What a coincidence. Uh, but yeah, it's a really, really good space for us and I'm sure other companies to use as well and like facilitate our remote working because as Sam says, you do need to meet uh, meet people in person sometimes and uh, yeah, it's good. Well, I assume you but two are going back uh... to physical events though, aren't you? Getting out there and going to events across mm-hmm. the country now? I mean, this is this has returned with Steve force, certainly isn't it? is. Steve's, yeah. Steve's yeah. barely stationary these days. <laughs> I just yeah. sit in the shed. <laughs> Well, I've I'm come off, outside once today. <laughs> I, I'm off to Oslo tomorrow uh, and then to Slush in Helsinki on, on Tuesday. A lot of the industry I know is going out to Slush. Uh, but yeah, we've been, you know, I've just got booked. In fact, One Life Left just got booked for Croatia for Reboot next year. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's really nice getting out there, seeing people again. So what's uh, what's hot at Yuki at the moment then, Sam? What's keeping you busy? Well, it's the, the, I would say, a usual mixture of supporting businesses and trying to develop some programs for the good of the industry. You know, we try and do our do our part in, in helping the industry thrive and expand and, and do the right thing. So we've got lots of campaigns and programs at the moment. Um, something I did want to mention, we're running something that starts on Monday. So this is, um, I guess, impending announcement, Access November starts on Monday next week. Now, Yuki runs quite a few initiatives. Uh, Race the Game, you're probably aware of. Uh, and we have our own EDI group. So these groups you know, just focus on trying to bring increasing diversity in all its forms, whether you're talking about gender, ethnicity, sexual orientation, socioeconomic backgrounds. You want to bring more of this contingency into the games industry. After all, they're playing our games, but they're underrepresented when it comes to creating those games. And so uh, Race the Game and the UKDI group wants to change that. And uh, Access November is a good example. So there's a two-week campaign, and it's encouraging companies to think more about making their games and services more accessible so more people can play them, and to also champion representation of disabled and neurodiverse people in the games themselves that they're creating and then also in the companies that make them. So there's a whole range of activities, events, some guidance, some case studies you can find on the raisethegame.com website. Uh, And loads of events, activities, roundtables, workshops, and the series for the next couple of weeks. So um, really looking forward to that. It's something we haven't done before. It's the the brainchild of Dom Shaw at Yuki, who runs our EDI work. So well done for him for doing it. But yeah, it should be really exciting and a nice nice new thing for us to do. Uh, You're also leading towards the... um... The Guildford Games Festival? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm one of the co-founders of the Guildford Games Festival, actually. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a fascinating... You've, I'm sure you've been to Guildford. You know the history of Guildford. But for, for people that don't, it's it's a, a an amazing centre for games development. For the past 35, 40 years, some of the most amazing games have come out of Guildford. I think, to an extent, it still makes some great games, but people aren't necessarily aware of it quite as much as they used to be. So the games companies in Guildford have been galvanized by this this new enterprise, Guildford.games, and we run a whole series of activities. There's the social meetups that you would imagine, um, but we've got an awards event next Friday um, on the 18th of November. We're running a dedicated Guildford Steam sale. This generates really good business for the companies in Guildford, but of course showcases those amazing 
studios, which is what it's all about to try and raise their profile. And Steam give us amazing support on that. Uh, we ran it last year and had over 3 million views of the content. We put some videos, do some, round, some interviews with dedicated studios and put it up there. Uh, we got a digital festival in the new year and an in-person event. If I'm allowed to plug it, you can just get in touch with me or go to guildford.games and, and have a look. But we're doing more of these things across the country. As you can imagine, the, the, the current trend is very much government devolving funds out of London, looking at promoting you know, the levelling up agenda across the country. And we have to play our part in that. So we're trying to get all of the local games ecosystems together and showcase and shout about them. This is just one good example. Well done. I'm, uh, I'm, you know, for the first time ever, uh, I'm slightly disappointed that Steve hasn't done a Simon Byron's Fast Five based around Guildford because I could absolutely do five games that came out of Guildford. Go on then. I will do. Now. Uh, no Man's <laughs> Sky, FIFA, Fable, Joe Danger uh, and Fable 2. Perfect. <laughs> Flawless, Simon. Well done. But no, it is. Um, did you did you pick it because of um, it's probably uh, the centre of uh, of uh, gaming in England, um, or have you got a personal affinity with Guildford? No, I'm not from Guildford. Live nowhere near it. Um, it's it's right. it's one of those things. So we also run or co-organise in support of the London Games Festival, and that was a bit of a, a, a first go uh, at running sort of regional activities. So we do that with Film London. It's led by Michael French, you probably know, a great guy, gets some amazing work done there. But but it was part of stage one of trying to go across the country and do a variety of these. Um, it's not all about London, you know, we've got to get out there and show different regions and I'm sure more will follow. Um, but yeah, I mean, why not start how with do a we, place how do, where... How, how, how do we lobby for that, Sam? What region do, do you want? To, to be our, our place, place next. Hitchin.games, is that what we're... Yeah, come on, well, who are, who, who are the great games businesses in Hitchin? What, in or near Hitchin? You've got yeah. two. Uh, <laughs> so it's not even a fast going. five, is it? I mean... I think P-Cube are up the road. Um, yeah, and others. Like Rising Star Games used to be around here, you know. Because CTW and MCV came from here, so you know. And there's the shed. And there's the shed. Mm. Well, I live in this um, nice sleepy one. village in the middle of Essex, and there are, um, I mean, there's 500 people in this village, and three of them work in the games industry. So I'm arguing that that's a decent percentage of people that work there. So wow. maybe we can percentage wise start claiming that we're a games cluster in some shape or form. <laughs> Excellent. So, sorry. So, how do we how do we keep track of what of what you're up to at the moment? Well, you obviously can go to the, the, the yeah, obviously not there. You can go to the Yuki website, <laughs> ukie.org.uk. Uh, for the Access November stuff, go to raisethegame.com. That's all one word, raise the game, and check out the initiative in general. It's an amazing program. Guildford Games is guildford.games. Websites galore here. Um, I've got lots of other projects going on. So uh, have a good look through the UQ website and feel free to get in touch with me and I'll take you through some of those things as well. You know, lots of things around access to finance. Am I allowed to say we've got our own podcast? I mean, you're a radio show, so I guess that's okay if I can. Do you know, I podcast, saw this. So. Yeah. <laughs> you, had somebody, you had somebody from the UN on it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we run something <laughs> called... What? Yeah, we run something called Playable Futures. So... I mean, the games industry is in a bit of a state of flux. There's lots of opportunities, but people aren't really sure where we're going. So we interviewed 
10 really globally renowned industry leaders and ask them where they think the industry is going. We started that as a Steve, written... were you asked for this? Were you... I was not. First time hearing of it. Uh, my, the, the way my, my head's going is like, I'm thinking, they got someone from the UN on. What can we yeah. do that's bigger than that? Yeah. What's bigger than the UN? Sam Collins. There we go. UK. Straight to the top. Perfect. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, we have no... We, we don't feel threatened by podcasts at all, do we? It gets well, adorable. It's obvious, little, you know. Yeah. Uh, we're not a podcast. You know, the podcast industry is this like it's this little cottage industry. It's not like the beer moth of radio, really, is it? FM radio. Exactly. Good. All right. And then how do people listen to your podcast then, Sam? It's on the gamesindustry.biz podcast. That's where these are being channeled. They're one of our partners on this, along with Diva and sumo and um we actually recorded some stuff i felt i was thinking about you when i was out at gamescom this year because we recorded some of the interviews at gamescom with all the hubbub and noise going on in the background it's quite difficult isn't it to record content with all that noise in the and the, the hullabaloo <laughs> of being there but um we kind of muddled through it and we've got some good content from that but it did make me uh, sympathize with some of your efforts in the past Efforts is the right word. It really is. All right. Thanks, Sam, so much. You're going to stay with us during the uh, rest of the show, aren't you? Love to, yeah. Okay, let's do the letters. Email, messages, and forward BCC. Okay, so I can see one letter here from Zubair. Zubair writes... Hello team and SSG, Tony reviewed The Case of the Golden Idol, giving it a 7 out of 10, saying it scratches your Obradin itches, that's here on the Discord. Ah, Obradin, I really wish I could induce some form of amnesia so I can replay that masterpiece for the first time. Which game would you undergo a lobotomy for? Love the show, Zuba. Simon, what game would you like to play for the very first time all over again? Well, Steve, I'd love to play Uncharted 4 <laughs> for the first time ever. It looks incredible. Have you seen? It's got the car chases and the bits. It looks like a like a triple A action film. Yeah. Uh, it looks spectacular. I'd it love to. I must get around to it one day. Yep. <laughs> one day. I agree. What about you, Sam? Who would you like to experience again I for would the first probably time? say something like Skyrim, which I put a lot of time into, and I think I've tried other games of a similar genre, just not enjoyed them. Maybe I'd like to go back to that again from the start. Steve? I would like to have the moment at the start of Baba Is You again, where you suddenly get it and understand what it's about to do and what it then subsequently does for the next, well... Whatever number of hours until you get stuck. I, I want to go through that again, but you can never get that back. Talking of which, Simon, I just want to check something on an admin yes. side. Yeah, please Shut do. Shut the theme up for a second. That rail game we mentioned last week. Railbound. Yeah. How many yep. worlds did you say you'd done on that? Yeah, I, well, I think I overstated what I'd done. I know. Uh, but... When I showed it to you, I think I was only... I completed... <laughs> I'd 100% worlds one and two. Okay. And I was quite far through world three. Right, okay, that makes me feel better because I'm okay. stuck on World 4. I mean, really stuck on it. Right. And this is my genre, and I was properly... I've spent about an hour and a half on one puzzle, like, trying to... Because I'm like, Simon can't beat me. Got through to World 6 or something. Okay, fine. Good. Um, oh, well, on that, on Sam's point, by the way, is uh, Skyrim was 11 years old uh, this week. Uh, and so 
I was like, oh, Skyrim was good, wasn't it? I, I, was, I thought to myself. Mm-hmm. And so I installed it again. And I thought, I oh, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to start Skyrim again. I installed it on the old Steam Deck. Because uh, I thought, you know, an 11-year-old game is going to run really well on the Steam Deck. And uh, downloaded it, started it off, sat on the cart, do, 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 dragon attacked. We had to run into the castle. And I thought, oh, I can't be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't be bothered doing all this again, can I? Yeah. It was just stupid. This is stupid. Uh, so I didn't. There's something about that moment, isn't there? Where where you like I've had that in Zelda like times where I've gone, Oh yeah, I'll start Link's Awakening again. I had a good time during that. And then, you know, chap runs up to you with the sword and go, Here, take this. What's your name? And the cursor blinks, you think, Eh I know what's gonna happen here. Never mind. Yeah. And uh, yeah, crash out. Um I, I think that's our only letter. This yes, week. Um, uh, Morgizi uh, wrote about uh, the Uncharted review last week. Thank you. And uh, co- complimented Alice's game design tips as well. But we can't read that out, Steve, can we? Because it's uh, because I get uncomfortable with um, pr- praise. <laughs> uh, if you have any letters you'd write to, like to write to us, uh, please do so by emailing team at onelifeleft.com or dropping them on the One Life Left Discord. That is the sound of me not playing an ident. This is the sound of me actually playing. You're listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're also a podcast. You can find that at www.onelifeleft.com. There you can read the show notes, which will include a link to the One Life Left Discord. You can join us there to chat about games, read the reviews of other listeners, or comment on the show. Our show notes are written by our undercaretaker and producer, Phil. So thank you very much to him. Simon, do we have any other business? Uh, I don't believe so. I um, I went to an audio conference this week. Uh, where oh, I, I saw was on... you did a talk. Or a panel. I was on a panel. Panel, that's right. Um, uh, I'm happy to be on panels. I don't want to do talks. Although mm. I, I, I might, I might do one next year uh, called uh, "Why Wishlists Don't Matter." Mm. Um, is what I'm thinking of doing because. Uh, just see the continual discussion about how many wish lists you need. And the answer is you don't <laughs> um, <laughs> necessarily uh, with some caveats. Um, but yeah, uh, so I was asked on, onto a panel. Now I, um, I didn't, <laughs> I was like, it's an audio conference and it wasn't about the music industry or anything like that. These were, these were people that were interested in things like spatial sound and, and bit rates and latency and stuff like that. And so uh, when I was, uh, I, I was asked to go on it, I told them what I knew and thought that they would then go, well, actually we don't need you to come Simon, but they still invited me <laughs> uh, and I got away with it. I was on a, I was on um, a panel um, with a chap from an audio company previously worked on PlayStation. Uh, so that was nice. But yeah, feel like I got away with it. Met two Dutch um, guys from a startup who were running a record label for robots. Perfect. They won the show. They, I watched them with my mouth open going, this is incredible. I've got no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Amazing. Good. Uh, I'm going to Oslo tomorrow, as I said. I'm going to do a Mariaki show there and another one on Tuesday night. Mariaki is back in London in Stratford on uh, Saturday. You can buy tickets for that at, well, off the, if you look on the Mariaki Twitter, the link is there. Uh, it's at Rule Zero, which is the venue we played just after COVID. We decided to 
go back there for uh, one month, one month only. Uh, we'll be back in loading in Peckham in December for the One Life Left Christmas party. And we're just talking to a few other people about other Christmas parties. So who knows? We might be in a region near you soon. I, I, I like the way that you were saying that, uh, like almost directly to Sam. <laughs> who knows, Sam? Who knows? It might be the UK, it might really be the UK is, Christmas party. <laughs> yeah, if it really is a, or if it, you know your village is a as big a games hub as you say it is, we might be playing that or your shed soon, Simon. Anything? Well, is it big if it hasn't had Marioki? I mean, you know, like like a city needs a cathedral, which mm-hmm. isn't true. But but is a, is 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 somewhere big in the games industry if Marioki's not played there? I don't believe so, and neither does Marioki's accountant. Is it time for the reviews? Let's do them. Simon, what have you been playing this week? Oh, Steve, I am collection level 500 and something now. Let's just call the figure up for you. I've been having a lot of fun uh, with the Destroyer. Hello. What? Uh, Power level 16 costs six. When you play it, destroy all of your other cards. Sounds crazy. Sounds crazy, Simon. But hang on a minute. Pair that up with Deadpool. Every time you you destroy him, he doubles his power and returns to your hand. He costs one. Uh, uh, Marry him up with... um, I know, there's the Marvel... uh, That's the designers of Marvel Snap pulling (laughs) Sam up at the moment because I've broken their game. Uh, uh, Combine that with, uh, obviously, Bucky and... um, uh, howl, uh, and then uh, it's just a surprise, just a lovely surprise move where somebody thinks they've got you, Steve, and then out comes the destroyer. You blow up all of your cards, although not the ones that you protected using the armor and the ones that activate on destroyed, and then you win the game. It's just lots of fun. I'm just, it's, I'm sad that you don't, you're not talking over audio to your because I've just been going, <laughs> at you. Um, so I've been playing that, um, uh, but I've also been playing Sonic Frontiers. Me too. That was the one I was talking about, the other big hitter. So there we go. What do you think? I don't know what I think, Steve. <laughs> I've, got, I've got absolutely no idea what is going on, mm-hmm. why it is going on. Agreed. What is happening because of anything, but I'm quite enjoying it. it certainly tells you to collect a lot of things all the time. And talk to lots of people all the time. And then, you, yeah, and then, like, there's just something to do everywhere, isn't mm. there? <laughs> yeah. Uh, isn't it weird? Isn't it weird? I am also compelled to keep playing it. And fundamentally, is that not, like, the core of a good game? If you want to keep playing something, then it's probably doing something right. However, it is also evidently... Just someone at Sega's gone, right, we need our own Breath of the Wild, so just play this a little bit and then do it as best you can. It is a janky Breath of the Wild. like, And in spaces just feels very unimaginative, not just because it is like this thing, but in Sonic's universe. I say that, it's, you know, it looks like this thing, but in an Unreal 5, just grassy, grim world with some rain and Sonic. Uh, but also because like the little puzzles, you're like, really? Is that what you're doing? Oh, there's a fishing minigame, really? And it's not that great a fishing minigame. Oh, there's you know, some block puzzles. And just the scenery just 
You're in this kind of Zelda Breath of the Wild-like world, except for with angular geometry and rail slides everywhere, hanging in the air for no real reason. It's... it's unattractive, but compelling. A lot like the One Life Left team. Ha <laughs> um, uh, Yes, it's... Um, and then it has like this, this really weird music. Yeah! <laughs> it's almost yeah I, I mean it was just so ill-suited but it, for some reason it works um uh, yeah and then it also has uh, areas you can jump into classic sonic mm-hmm. 3d levels and uh so i think you've not got off the first island steve no so i'm still i'm still there and i i was thinking as i was playing this last night and i was thinking about all of the things that make me a little bit grumpy about it i'm like I'm, I'm obviously early in this experience, and it could be that in order to contrast this first dialogue, they make it as grim dark as possible, and then you're suddenly in the glowy, more Sonic-like levels afterwards. I, I don't know. It still feels weird to me. Um, but yeah, I'm, I've just... I don't know. I'm still opening up the game, right? I'm still just wandering around, doing all of the little tasks, revealing bits of the map, chatting to the weird little anime boy and, and seeing stuff that I don't understand and don't care about at all. Uh, yeah, but as I said, enjoying it. Why? Are you further through it than I am? No, I'm not. But um, I've, I've seen people talk about uh, the second island and that is at odds with, with the sort of mm. Zelda Breath of the Wild look. Right. Um, it goes more to the sort of uh, island um, okay. themes. Uh, but yeah, it's odd, isn't it? I, but yeah, I, it's, it's not... What I found with Breath of the Wild was that, you know, that objective at the start, defeat Ganon, that was absolutely mm-hmm. what I was going to do. And with Sonic Frontiers, I got I got no idea what's happening, but but you can turn it on for 10, 15 minutes, do some jumping about, yeah. uh, and have, have a pretty good time. Yeah, and I've enjoyed the sense of speed in it, like really have, and speed and control. I think it handles all of that stuff really well, as it should for a game that's you know been based on that for 20-odd years. I love 30. how customizable um, the the graphics options are in terms of where the camera is, mm-hmm. um, how close to Sonic. Because I, when I saw people playing at EGX, Sonic was running around the island. He's super tiny, but you can you can zoom that in and you can play it more like a mm-hmm. like an old school three D platformer if, if you're so way inclined, which I am. But um, so- what I, what I worry about is. That it's all very well like saying, oh, it's a bit janky, I just watched a seagull fly through a cliff and that stuff doesn't really, really matter. But when you look at this, the low-level stuff, when you press the map button to call it the map, the map comes up, there's a little animation, and then there's a pause and then the uh, the locations of everything that you found and the things that you've yet to found drop in as well. And that poor user experience for me mirrored probably a thousand times in other things that I haven't found, uh, I think is probably going to kill it for me initially because it's just, that slightly annoys me and there'll be other things that slightly annoy me as well. For now, yeah, I'm enjoying the breadth, if not the quality of that breadth. 7 out of 10. Sam, what have you been playing? Actually, I like the little rivalry between you two. I've not really heard this before. That's the second time this evening there's been a what, how far have you got, are you ahead of me? Yeah. like this this is a nice little dynamic Steve is like that I do yeah. sadly I am winning at age uh, and so uh, you know the last laugh will be on Steve we'll <laughs> see he's on his own he's on his own <laughs> Sam, so what Sam, have what I been playing? playing yeah so well if it was a week's time I'd be playing a lot of football manager I've installed it and not opened it yet the 2023 version so uh, I'm sure that will be taking some time uh, I've been playing a lot of retro bowl which is new star games NFL game 
fantastic game. The NFL season is oh, live right. at the moment. I would check that out if you've never played it. But the one I want to talk about is a mobile game called Flutter, which is made by a New Zealand studio called Runaway. Here you are. I should be talking about UK studios and their amazing products. But I'm quite captivated by this and have been for quite some time. Um, in essence, you're making your own virtual butterfly sanctuary. You're creating these nice environments for butterflies. You're sending them on missions. You're growing plants and flowers to attract some of them. And you have to look after those cute little caterpillars. Um, I play a fair amount of games. This is the most relaxing and peaceful thing you could possibly play. And if you've been working hard or playing hard, a little bit of relaxation time with something that looks absolutely luscious and beautiful is the way I like to uh, end my day. So I'll often play a little bit before I go to bed. Uh, really satisfying the way you can progress through it. It's not the most dynamic game. It doesn't have to be. Looks the part and feels the part. And I've never come across this studio before. But um, yeah, one to recommend. It's called Flutter by Runaway. A solid 7 out of 10. Doesn't sound like it's a game in which you can suddenly play a destroyer though, does it? <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I do play a bit of Marvel Snap and um, I was oh, laughing last so week. Yeah, sorry. When you were talking about loading up on one cards and then surprising people i'm i'm just a only win two areas hit them with a hulk at the end quite a simplistic player nothing nothing you know the classical way of playing i would suggest nothing too intricate but i win more than i lose a lot more so well there you go good stuff i'm still staying away i've got a world cup final to play this evening simon Uh, england against brazil i'm finding it weird playing like the qatar thing like FIFA's done an incredible job uh, on bringing everything into this into this uh, the game. Like, and I'm really really enjoying the football. Uh, I do not believe that the World Cup should be held in Qatar, yeah. and it feels very strange to me playing this thing, which you know, like playing a football game and like trying to win the World Cup as England. But this is doubtless basically a piece of propaganda, uh, and it. Yeah, it's slightly unnerving. I wonder how that is going to affect me genuinely watching the World Cup as well, because this is my first time experiencing the Qatar logos and the slickness of the presentation, which, again, EA have done a good job uh, of. But, you know, in service of what I think most people uh, agree is sports washing. And I really, really hope that um, some clever modders go out there and do something with the fans and the crowds and the people you see in the stadium because I think you, I think there's a lot of mileage to be had about with creative, disruptive work. I enjoyed your tweet on that subject, Steve. Thank you very much. Some of my finest work, wait for my mastodon. <laughs> right. Good, that's probably it, isn't it? Yeah, thanks so much, Sam. Uh, you have been the yes. best super special guest we've had for years. And you will remain that way, I am sure. Take that how you want it. Uh, It's been super fun having you on. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Simon, thank you so much for being an excellent co-host as well. Until next week. Thank you. We've been One Life Left. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.